This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. Our confidence is in Christ alone. Are we going to stand with God come what may? If the Word of God says it, I believe it! And that's the way it is. And now, here is Janet Mefford. Welcome, everybody. Well, put on your seatbelts. I'm not a science reporter. I'm not a science radio host, but you're going to get some science today. Actually, you're not going to get science today so much as you're going to get politics. And the lowest of the low when it comes to politics are those who would cover up the truth in order to promote their political careers. We have a lot of examples of people doing that over the years. But I want to talk about a very big story that came out just recently and is now having reverberations, especially in this hearing that took place yesterday in which Senator Rand Paul once again took off after pandemic guru Dr. Anthony Fauci. But this is a really important story and it's not something that I can do in one segment or two segments. So I'm going to take the hour and you're going to hear some of the audio between Senator Paul and Dr. Fauci. It's just bombshell stuff. We're going to get into it. But let me give you some background first so you know what's going on. There is a very long article that came out recently by a man named Nicholas Wade. Nicholas Wade actually was the science writer for the New York Times for three decades. He's one of the most preeminent science journalists in America. You probably could flip a coin and figure out what political side of the aisle he likely is on, considering that he worked at the New York Times. Not not probably a raging conservative. So the reason I'm saying that is you can't write off Nicholas Wade as some kind of right wing nut. Not that we would, but you know what I'm saying. That's what the mainstream journalists like to do. Oh, that that person has no credibility. Mm, He was the science writer at The New York Times for 30 years. Nicholas Wade came out with an article on Medium. He's also written for science, by the way. It, on the origin of COVID-19 following the clues. And I found it to be an incredibly balanced article. In fact, he wasn't really trying to be an advocate one way or another, but he was laying out the evidence. We have been told from the very beginning from the very beginning, from some in the political class, even before the World Health Organization declared COVID-19 a global pandemic, that this was something that came out of a natural emergence. In other words, nature just foisted COVID-19 on the world. And anybody who believes that this virus came out of some lab in China, well, they're just throwing around baseless conspiracy theories. They've been saying this for over a year. And it's interesting when you look at the dates on this, that they began saying this before the global pandemic was ever declared in some cases. So Nicholas Wade writes this extremely long article. I've read it several times so I can boil it down to the essence of the facts that you need to know. Here's part of what's going on. He's talking about these different theories on the origins of COVID-19. And don't you find it funny that we have yet to have an investigation really digging into the origins of COVID-19? I'll get to that in, in a little bit. But there are a tale of two theories on this virus. The virus that caused the pandemic is known as SARS-2. 
So when I use the term SARS-2, you know what I'm talking about, the virus that caused COVID-19. So there was this idea that perhaps this came out of a wet market. You remember this, where you have the wild animals being sold for meat in Wuhan, China. And people talked about this because SARS-1, this epidemic from 2002, started with this bat virus, which spread to another animal sold in wet markets, and then it jumped off to people. And this also kind of happened back in 2012 with the MERS epidemic. And there was an intermediary animal of the camel. It went from bats to camels to people. So they're looking at SARS-2 and saying, well, that, that probably is what happened. But... Chinese researchers found earlier cases in Wuhan with no link to the wet market. So they have never been able to conclusively prove in any way, shape or form, even the Chinese, that there's any kind of natural cause for the SARS-2 virus. Now, this is what Wade says. From early on, public and media perceptions were shaped in favor of the natural emergence scenario by strong statements from two scientific groups. These statements were not at first examined as critically as they should have been. For example, there was a group of virologists and others who wrote in the Lancet on February 19, 2020, which was almost a month before the global pandemic was declared. And they said, we stand together to strongly condemn conspiracy theories suggesting that COVID-19 does not have a natural origin. Of course, this was way too soon for anybody to even know what had happened. Scientists overwhelmingly conclude, they said, that this coronavirus originated in wildlife with a stirring rallying call for readers to stand with Chinese colleagues on the front line of fighting the disease. Now, contrary to the letter writer's assertion, the idea that the virus might have escaped from a lab invoked accident, not conspiracy. It surely needed to be explored, not rejected out of hand. And a defining mark of good scientists is that they go to great pains to distinguish between what they know and what they don't know. By this criterion, the signatories of the Lancet letter were behaving as poor scientists because they were assuring the public of facts they could not know for sure were true. It later turned out that the Lancet letter had been organized and drafted by Peter Daszak. Keep that name, name in your mind. Peter Daszak, president of the Eco Health Alliance of New York, okay? He's the one who organized and drafted that letter. Dr. Daszak's organization funded coronavirus research at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. If the SARS-2 virus had indeed escaped from research he funded, Dr. Daszak would be potentially culpable. This acute conflict of interest was not declared to the Lancet's readers. To the contrary, the letter concluded, we declare no competing interests. Flat out lie. Flat out lie. Virologists like Dr. Daszak had much at stake in the assigning of blame for the pandemic. For 20 years, mostly beneath the public's attention, they'd been playing a dangerous game. In their laboratories, they routinely created viruses more dangerous than those that exist in nature. They argued they could do so safely and that by getting ahead of nature, they could predict and prevent natural spillovers, the crossover of viruses from an animal host to people. If SARS-2 had indeed escaped from such a laboratory experiment, a savage blowback could be expected. And the storm of public indignation would affect virologists everywhere, not just in China. As the MIT Technology Review editor said, it would shatter the scientific edifice top to bottom. 
All right. Now, a second statement that had enormous influence in shaping public attitudes was a letter published on March 17th. This is six days after the declaration of the global global pandemic in the journal Nature Medicine. Its authors were a group of virologists led by Christian Anderson of the Scripps Research Institute, who said, well, with the other virologists, our analyses clearly show that SARS-CoV-2 is not a laboratory construct or a purposefully manipulated virus. How in the world would you know this six days after the pandemic was declared? Unfortunately, as Wade points out, this was another case of poor science. Some older methods of cutting and pasting viral genomes retained telltale signs of manipulation, but newer methods called no or seamless approaches leave no defining marks. So there was no way that this was a responsible letter in any way, shape or form. And he goes through some of the evidence that shows there's no way these people could have known this enough to make this argument. So they made, in his words, inconclusive arguments. Now, what's interesting is that the Daschik and Anderson letters were really political, not scientific statements, and yet they were amazingly effective. Articles in the mainstream press repeatedly stated that a consensus of experts had ruled lab escape out of the question or extremely unlikely, and their authors relied for the most part on the Daschik and Anderson letters, failing to understand the yawning gaps in their arguments. Yeah, not to mention the conflict of interest in Daschik organizing the initial letter on the Lancet in February of 2020. The Daschik and Anderson assertions, he said, went largely unchallenged. Isn't that amazing? Largely unchallenged. And then he goes into the doubts about natural emergence. He, and I found this to be very interesting. It's, it's incredible. They had this gathering, this commission that went to China. This was a World Health Organization commission that went to China this past February, heavily controlled by Chinese authorities. Dr. Daschik was among the people who showed up. And the Chinese gave no evidence to offer the commission any support for the natural emergence theory. And here's what's interesting. SARS-1, there, there was an identifier as a natural emergence cause within four months of the epidemic's outbreak. Same thing for MERS within nine months. And here we are more than 12 months after the outbreak of COVID-19 on the world. And there has been no evidence of natural emergence. And the story gets even more amazing. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. Hi, this is Kirk Cameron, and I am honored to be partnering with the Ministry of Preborn to help moms choose life. Actor Kirk Cameron supports Preborn. My four oldest children were adopted. That is because of caring and compassionate people who help those young mothers choose life. My wife is an adopted child and her birth mother chose life for her. If it weren't for those caring individuals that help those young moms value the sacredness of life, I wouldn't have my wife, I wouldn't have my four adopted children, and the two natural born children that we have wouldn't exist either. My whole family is here because of people People that are involved with ministries like Preborn. Preborn funds pregnancy centers across the nation so they can offer free ultrasounds to women in crisis pregnancies. Ultrasound is a game changer because when abortion minded women actually see their baby, 
babies in their wombs for themselves, 80% of the time, they choose life. The Ministry of Preborn is the largest nationwide provider of free ultrasounds for expectant moms in crisis. There's just something about seeing your own baby's heartbeat that moves a mom's heart toward life like nothing else. Will you please help support Preborn in the cause for life? One ultrasound is just $28, or five ultrasounds are $140. And now through a matching gift, your gift will be doubled, rescuing 10 babies' lives. To donate, just call 855 855- 402 baby that's 855 855- 402-2229. All gifts are tax deductible. That's 855-402-BABY. Let's do more than talk about abortion. Let's save some lives. Please call now with your gift, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-BABY. 855-402-2229. Or there's a banner to click at JanetMefford.com. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. We're doing something unusual today, but it's got to be done. We have been waiting for something like this. Nicholas Wade, who was the science writer at the New York Times for three decades, is out with this incredible article. You really ought to read it for yourself. It's very long, but it's pretty well written as far as non-scientific readers would find it. You know, you can understand it. And he's going into the origin of COVID-19. He's ruled out pretty much any evidence whatsoever. He says, frankly, there's no evidence whatsoever that there's a natural cause for COVID-19 on the world. Now, why would anyone want to create a novel virus capable of causing a pandemic, he asks. Well, ever since virologists gained the tools for manipulating a virus's genes, they've argued they could get ahead of a potential pandemic by exploring how close a given animal virus might be to making the jump to humans. So they've recreated the 1918 flu virus, for example. They've done these kinds of enhancements. This is called a gain of function experiment. Now keep that phrase in your mind because it's going to come up later on. Gain of function experiments. With coronaviruses, there was particular interest in the spike proteins, which jut out all around the spherical surface of the virus. Virologists started studying bat coronaviruses in earnest after these turned out to be this source of both the SARS-1 and MERS epidemics. Now, Researchers at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, led by China's bat lady, you've probably heard of her, Dr. Shi Zheng Li, uh, she's the leading expert in China on bat viruses, mounted frequent expeditions to the bat-infested caves in southern China and collected around 100 different bat coronaviruses. Dr. Shi then teamed up with Ralph Barrick, an eminent coronavirus researcher at the University of North Carolina. Their work focused on enhancing the ability of bat viruses to attack humans so as to examine the emergence potential. In pursuit of this aim, in 2015, they created a novel virus by taking the backbone of the SARS-1 virus and replacing its spike protein with one from a bat virus. What came out of it was a long name, but basically the SARS-1 virus. It's known as a chimera because its genome contains genetic material from two strains of virus. Now, if, that is if, the SARS-2 virus, that is the virus out of which COVID-19 came, were to have been cooked up in Dr. Xi's lab, then its direct prototype would have been this chimera. The potential danger of which concerned many observers and prompted intense discussion. One virologist in Paris said if the virus escaped, nobody could predict the trajectory. Now, this is important. Uh, These statements came out and now we figured out that the value of these gain of function studies 
was zero, according to Nicholas Wade, but the risk was catastrophic because if indeed the SARS-2 virus was generated in a gain-of-function experiment, then the result was catastrophic. So they created a virus there that could very well have been the prototype for SARS-2. We don't know if SARS-2 was definitively created in the Wuhan lab because the records of Dr. Xi have been sealed. How convenient. How convenient. Dr. Barrick had developed and taught Dr. Xi a general method for engineering bat coronaviruses to attack other species. All right, Dr. Shi returned to her lab at the Wuhan Institute of Virology and resumed the work she had started on genetically engineering coronaviruses to attack human cells. How do we know this? Because by a strange twist in the story, her work was funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, a part of the U.S. National Institutes of Health, Ooh, who works there? And grant proposals that funded her work, which are a matter of public record, specify exactly what she planned to do with the money. The grants were assigned to the prime contractor, oh, Dr. Dashek of the Eco Health Alliance, who subcontracted them to Dr. Xi. So it's kind of like George Soros. When you talk about George Soros funding certain things and you always hear from the groups that are taking Soros money, oh no, Joy, we didn't accept one dime from Dr. So- from George Soros. So how in the world could you be alleging anything like that? Okay, well, what they do at the Open Society Foundations is they filter the money through other organizations so the people who eventually get the money can reliably and credibly say, I didn't get any money from George Soros. No, you didn't, but you got money in the pass-throughs. The pass-throughs were the ones who gave you the money. So that's what's going on here. You had the prime contractor of getting money from the U.S. government was this Dr. Dashik from EcoHealth Alliance. And I believe the National Review reported it was $600,000. And then that ends up going to Dr. Xi, the bat lady. Now, this is going to be important. What this means, as Wade says in non-technical language, is that Dr. Xi set out to create novel coronaviruses with the highest possible infectivity for human cells. Her plan was to take genes that coded for spike proteins possessing a variety of measured affinities for human cells ranging from high to low. She would insert them one by one into the backbone of some genomes. I know this is getting kind of complicated. And this information would help predict the likelihood of spillover. That's the basic thing. They're trying to figure out, get ahead of any potential pandemic. What would happen if... The methodical approach was designed to find the best combination of coronavirus backbone and spike protein for infecting human cells. And the approach could have generated SARS-2-like viruses and indeed may have created the SARS-2 virus itself. It can't yet be stated that Dr. Xi did or did not generate SARS-2 in her lab because, as I mentioned, her records are sealed, but it seems she was certainly on the right track to have done so. Now, they quote... A very interesting gentleman, and you can read what he's been saying on Twitter. Richard Ebright is a molecular biologist at Rutgers University and a leading expert on biosafety. He has said it is clear that depending on the constant genomic context chosen for analysis, this work could have produced this SARS-2 virus. The lab escape scenario for the origin of the SARS-2 virus is not mere hand-waving in the direction of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. It is a detailed proposal based on the specific project being funded there by the NIAID. Who's over there? Oh, Dr. Fauci. Isn't that interesting? Even if the grant required the work plan, how can we be sure that the plan was in fact carried out? Well, Dr. Dashik said so. And they go into an, an interview that he gave in December of 2019. He talked all about it. 
He referred to the fact that once you generate a novel coronavirus that can attack human cells, you can take the spike protein and make it the basis for a vaccine. Imagine what he thought when the outbreak of the epidemic in Wuhan came out a few days later. But instead of providing public health authorities with the plentiful information at his disposal, he immediately launched a PR campaign to persuade the world that the epidemic could not possibly have been caused by one of the Institute's souped up virus. He said in an April 2020 interview, the idea that this virus escaped from a lab is just pure baloney. It's simple not true. Are you beginning to doubt your government yet? You should. Now, I'm going to go to another part of the article because what Nicholas Wade basically ends up saying is the evidence is pointing in the direction of SARS-2 being created in a lab and it got out. That's where all the evidence is pointing. And he's rather amazed that no journalists have really dug into this in the last year. Well, of course not, because they're leftists first and journalists later. We all know this. We all know this. So he goes into blame. Who do we blame? Well, you can blame China and you can go through all of these different, you know, Chinese virologists and the Communist Party and Chinese authorities. And they don't want anybody in the United States to know all of this stuff. He blames the worldwide community of virologists. They knew better than anyone the dangers of gain of function research, but the power to create new viruses and the research funding obtainable by doing so was too tempting. They pushed ahead with gain of function experiments. They lobbied against the moratorium imposed on federal funding for gain of function research in 2014, and it was raised in 2017. Did you know this? And you know who announced it? Dr. Francis Collins, Mr. Biologos Foundation, Mr. Human Genome Project, Mr. I'm a Christian, and let me tell you about theistic evolution. Oh, the liberal and evangelicalism really love Francis Collins. And I'm looking at the at the, the site for the NIH in which he announced, oh yeah, there was a moratorium on doing gain-of-function research. And in 2017, they lifted it. There was a loophole created to allow for gain-of-function research once again, which is exactly what was used in this lab that was funded indirectly by the U.S. government from the same agency over which Dr. Fauci presides. You tell me there's not a problem here? Oh, there's a problem here, and I'm going to get into the audio from yesterday's hearing in which Dr. Rand Paul once again got on Fauci's case, and he didn't have long enough, but it's a good start. So, virologists have been playing with fire. No doubt about this. Now, from two four, I'm sorry, from June 2014 to May 2019, Dr. Dashik's EcoHealth Alliance had a grant from the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to do gain-of-function research with coronaviruses at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So it's not a great policy, is it, to farm out high-risk research to unsafe foreign labs, especially China, using minimal safety precautions? What am I talking about there? I'm going to get to that. The responsibility of the NIAID and the NIH is even more acute because for the first three years of the grant to EcoHealth Alliance, there was this moratorium on funding gain-of-function research, and it specifically barred funding of any gain-of-function research that increased the pathogenicity of the flu, the MERS, or SARS viruses. But then a footnote shows that an exception was made, and this seems to mean that either the director of the NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci, or the director of the NIH, Dr. Francis Collins, or maybe both, would have invoked the footnote in order to keep the money flowing to Dr. Xi's gain-of-function research. Huh. That's very interesting, isn't it? Have you heard about this before? Have you heard about this before? And what's interesting 
is Dr. Ebright says both Dr. Collins and Dr. Fauci have declined to flag and forward proposals for risk benefit review, thereby nullifying this reporting system that's in place. And in his view, the two officials in dealing with the moratorium in the ensuing reporting system, quote, have systematically thwarted efforts by the White House, the Congress, scientists and science policy specialists to regulate gain of function research of concern. Bottom line is that the National Institutes of Health was supporting gain-of-function research of a kind that could have generated the SARS-2 virus in an unsupervised foreign lab that was doing work in very inadequate biosafety conditions. And this man is a biosafety expert. There's supposed to be a high level of safety conditions put into place when you're doing this kind of work and they lowered it because they didn't want in part to have to go through all the hoop jumping that you have to do, you know, putting on the hazmat suits and everything takes twice as long. So they were doing substandard biosafety conditions there. That seems to be a very, very big problem. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. This archived broadcast of Janet Meffer Today is brought to you by Preborn. For $140, you can provide ultrasounds to five women in crisis pregnancies. Call now, 855-402-BABY. That's 855-402-2229 or JanetMefford.com. This is Janet Mefford Today. And now, here's your host, Janet Mefford. Well, I was laying out for you this wonderful article by Nicholas Wade over at medium.com. You really ought to read it. It's on the origins of COVID-19. And he essentially, according to the evidence, rules out any possibility of natural emergence simply because there is no evidence of that, despite the fact that you had people like researcher from the World Health Organization, Peter Daszak, coming out early and organizing a letter before the pandemic was ever declared a global pandemic and saying, no, anybody who thinks this escape from a lab is a conspiracy theorist. And what do you know? The media loved that narrative and picked up on it. And it turns out that Daszak himself has reason to hide because of all his connections with the U.S. government funding and the money that went to the bat lady who very well could have created the SARS-2 virus in that Wuhan lab. And I guess we're not allowed to talk about it because another complicating factor is that, according to the Daily Caller, you have the Chinese putting a lot of pressure on the U.S. government to not give them a hard time, lest our medical supply chain be adversely affected. So this is what happens when you put your economy in the hands of Congress. Communists. This is what happens. And all of a sudden, they can unleash this kind of mayhem around the world and nobody can hold them accountable because, oh, no, we might not get the medical supplies that we need, which we all need medical supplies. But we also might not get as, you know, the, the, the dollar store stuff that we like. And we can't we can't do that. I mean, people need their dollar store. It's disgusting. The whole thing is disgusting. So along comes Senator Rand Paul. God bless him. I love Rand Paul. I love how he has been holding Dr. Anthony Fauci's feet to the fire. And I'll tell you what, based on everything that I just laid out for you in the first half of the show pertaining to Fauci's connections and the U.S. government's connections to this Wuhan lab and the funding that went into the creation of this prototype that could have preceded the SARS-2 virus that unleashed 
billions of dollars of damage and bankrupted business and billion, you know, millions and millions of people who got sick and three million people who died. And we find out that our own government was filtering money for this very research. By the way, who in the world would come up with this gain of function research to create a, a virus that could infect humans and not have a parallel vaccine while they're working on it. I, I don't understand this. Why in the world would you ever do this kind of experimentation? It's, it's ridiculous. I mean, and here's the left talking about Hitler all the time. This sure seems like this was some kind of over-the-top experiment gone wrong that killed millions of people. Think about this. I mean, the evidence is mounting here that this is a gigantic story. It just really is. So let's get into what Senator Paul had to say at yesterday's hearing with Dr. Fauci. Let's listen to cut three. Dr. Fauci, we don't know whether the pandemic started in a lab in Wuhan or evolved naturally, but we should want to know. Three million people have died from this pandemic, and that should cause us to explore all possibilities. Instead, government authorities, self-interested in continuing gain-of-function research, say there's nothing to see here. Gain-of-function research, as you know, is juicing up naturally occurring animal viruses to infect humans. To arrive at the truth, the U.S. government should admit that the Wuhan Virology Institute was experimenting to enhance the coronavirus's ability to infect humans. Juicing up super viruses is not new. Scientists in the U.S. have long known how to mutate animal viruses to infect humans. For years, Dr. Ralph Barrick, a virologist in the U.S., has been collaborating with Dr. Shi Zengli of the Wuhan Virology Institute, sharing his discoveries about how to create super viruses. This gain-of-function research has been funded by the NIH. The collaboration between the U.S., and the Wuhan Virology Institute continues. Doctors Barrick and Xi worked together to insert bat virus spike protein into the backbone of the deadly SARS virus, and then used this man-made supervirus to infect human airway cells. Think about that for a moment. The SARS virus had a 15% mortality. We're fighting a pandemic that has about a 1% mortality. Can you imagine if a SARS virus that's been juiced up and had viral proteins added to it, to the spike protein, if that were released accidentally? Exactly. So this is very good background. And then he addresses Dr. Fauci. This is cut four. Dr. Fauci, do you still support funding of the NIH funding of the lab in Wuhan? Senator Paul, with all due respect, you are entirely and completely incorrect that the NIH has not ever and does not now fund gain-of-function research in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Do they fund Dr. Barrick? We do not fund... Do you fund Dr. Barrick's gain-of-function research? Dr. Barrett does not doing gain-of-function research, and if it is... It's according to the guidelines, and it is being conducted in North Carolina. Not you don't think inserting in a bat virus spike protein that he got from the Wuhan Institute into the SARS virus is gain of function? That is you would not be in the minority because at least 200 scientists have signed a statement from the Cambridge Working yeah. Group saying that it is gain of function. Well, it is not. And if you look at the grant, and you look at the progress reports, it is not gain of function, despite the fact that people tweet that 
So do you still support it? sending money to the Wuhan Virology Institute? We do not send money now to the to Wuhan uh, do Virology Institute. support sending money? We did, under your tutelage. We were sending it through EcoHealth. It was a sub-agency right. and a sub-grant. Well, right. This is the point. It, again, it's the Soros analogy. Oh, yes, we here at the Evangelical Immigration Table, we didn't accept any Soros money. Right. But what you did was the Soros money went to another group, which then funded you. So Soros just used the other group as a pass through the National Immigration Forum. That was the pass through. But you don't get around the very fact that you did, in fact, fund these people by a, uh, via a pass through. By saying, oh, no, no. I mean, he's he's playing games. He's doing the Bill Clinton routine. I'm going to make a very, very particular sentence worded in a particular way. So technically, I'm telling the truth. But overall, I'm not telling the truth. This is diabolical that he's sitting there and he's lying to the American people. And even Richard Ebright, I, I quoted him from Nicholas Wade's article just a little bit ago. He is the molecular biologist from Rutgers and the leading expert in biosafety who said this never should have been done. And after he was hearing Fauci deny that they ever had anything to do with this gain of function research funding, he said Fauci lied brazenly. That's what this biosafety expert from Rutgers just said publicly. So you don't have to take my word for it. Take his word for it. It's crazy. And, you know, what's really nuts is that there aren't many people who are out there holding Fauci's feet to the fire. In fact, I was so angry after reading Nicholas Wade's article, this science writer who formerly was at the New York Times for 30 years, has all kinds of credibility as one of the preeminent science journalists in the United States. And I'm watching all of these people on Twitter watching this exchange between Senator Paul and Dr. Fauci and saying, wow, Fauci really nailed him to the wall. I'm reading stories like on Raw Story and some of these third tier, eighth tier sites where they have people who can barely put together an English sentence writing so-called journalism. And it's these people are so ignorant. They don't even know what's going on. They're getting names of people wrong. They're getting all the facts wrong. They don't understand any of the background. And you know what? This is exactly how con men get away with stuff. And I mean con men in government. What I mean by that is they are counting on the fact that you're not going to be very educated. You might be an educated person generally, but you're not going to take the time to go through the pouring of the government websites that show definitively that, of course, the NIH was funding gain-of-function research, and this is all true, and people are not reading the Medium.com article by the New York Times science writer and looking at all the evidence he's laying out that all point to something truly diabolical. They're counting on your ignorance. That's why Fauci gets up there and thinks that he can say whatever he wants to say, and he'll get away with it, because there's a Fauci cult. You know, people like Alyssa Milano and some of these leftists who just love everything Fauci does and they've got their Fauci dolls and they probably sleep with their little Fauci doll on their nightstand and they pet him. I don't feel like I can leave my house without a mask. Maybe I'll wear one to bed. Is that okay, Dr. Fauci, if I wear my mask when I go to sleep? Because then maybe I'll be safe, finally, Dr. Fauci, and I'll be tuning in tomorrow to see what you tell CNN on what I can do about my next family gathering. I mean, these people are out of their minds. They need to be using their minds to analyze what's really going on. And there is a lot more that actually is going on. And I want to get into more of this audio from this hearing. I'm going to do it when we come back. You're listening to Janet Meffert today.
Hi, this is Janet Mefford. If you're in need of a new healthcare program, but you missed the open enrollment deadline in December, it's not too late. A special enrollment period is taking place now through August 15th. During this time, you can enroll in the healthcare program of your choice without the need for a qualifying event. This means you can now enroll in a healthcare sharing program from Liberty HealthShare with memberships for individuals, couples, and families. You can find a variety of options to best suit your medical needs. Plus, you really can choose the doctor and hospital of your choice. Best of all, membership options start for as low as $199 a month. More than 200,000 Americans trust Liberty HealthShare for their health care needs. What are you waiting for? Discover more about the power of sharing at libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT today. For more information, call 855-585-4237, 855-585-4237, or libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT, libertyhealthshare.org slash JMT. Many people in developing nations have no access to desperately needed medical care. That's why Mercy Ships brings volunteers aboard our hospital ship, the Africa Mercy, to give the world's forgotten poor the free medical care they need. We have an immediate need for registered nurses, especially with a pediatric specialty. As a volunteer nurse, you won't just give life-altering health care, you'll receive so much in return. It's an amazingly rewarding experience. You'll give hope and make a difference in the lives of those who have virtually no access to medical aid. It's such a fantastic thing to do. Everybody who I've met on this ship either wants to come back and do it again or they're already here for the second, third, or tenth time. So what are you waiting for? Show mercy to someone today. I would say go for it. Get more information and learn how to apply by visiting mercyships.org forward slash nurses. That's mercyships.org forward slash nurses. You're listening to Janet Mefford today. And now, here's Janet. Let's get back to this audio from this important hearing. Senator Rand Paul holding Dr. Anthony Fauci's feet to the fire as well. He deserves to have his feet held to the fire. Let's listen to cut five. Do you support that the money from NIH that was going to the Wuhan Institute? Let me explain to you why that was done. The SARS-CoV-1 originated in bats in China. It would have been irresponsible of us if we did not investigate the bat viruses and the serology to see who might have been or, infected Or perhaps it would be irresponsible China. to send it to the Chinese government that we may not be able to trust with this uh, knowledge and with this uh, incredibly dangerous viruses. Government scientists like yourself who favor gain-of-function research... I don't favor gain-of-function research in China. You are saying things that are not correct. Government defenders of gain-of-function, such as yourself, say that COVID-19 mutations were random and not designed by man. But interestingly, the technique that Dr. Barrick developed forces mutations by serial passage through cell culture that the mutations appear to be natural. In fact, Dr. Barrick named the technique the noceum technique because the mutations appear naturally. Nicholas Baker in the New York Magazine said nobody would know if the virus had been fabricated in a laboratory or grown in nature. Government authorities in the U.S., including yourself, unequivocally deny that COVID-19 could have escaped a lab. But even Dr. Xi in Wuhan wasn't so sure. According to Nicholas Baker, Dr. Xi wondered, could this new virus have come from her own laboratory? She checked her records frantically and found no matches. That really took a load off my mind, she said. I had not slept for days. 
the director of the gain-of-function research in Wuhan, couldn't sleep because she was terrified that it might be in her lab. Uh, Incredible. It goes on. This is Cut 6. Dr. Barrick, an advocate of -of gain-of-function research, admits the main problem that the Institute of Virology has is the outbreak occurred in close proximity. What are the odds? Barrick responded, could you rule out a laboratory escape? The answer in this case is probably not. Will you in front of this group categorically say that the COVID-19 could not have occurred through serial passage in a laboratory? I do not have any accounting of what the Chinese may have done, and I'm fully in favor of any further investigation of what went on in China. However, I will repeat again, the NIH and NIAID categorically has not funded gain-of-function research to be conducted in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. You do support it in the U.S. We have 11 labs doing it, and you have allowed it here. We have a committee to do it, but the committee has granted every exemption. You're you're fooling with Mother Nature here. You're allowing super viruses to be created with a 15% mortality. It's very dangerous. I think it was a huge mistake to share this with China, and it's a huge mistake to allow this to continue in the United States. And we should be very careful to investigate where this virus came from. Well, not only that, but if what Nicholas Wade is writing about is true and everything checks out here, then Fauci and Francis Collins need to be fired and they need to be investigated. This is not just a matter of how did the SARS-2 virus get out into the world and cause this pandemic. It also has to be investigated about the money, the money, the money, the money, the money. Because this guy is not being straight with us. And going back to Richard Ebright, he tweeted out the construction of novel chimeric SARS-related coronaviruses able to infect human cells and lab animals at the Wuhan Institute of Virology was published with an acknowledgement to NIH grant, and he gives the number, and also was reported to NIH under another grant number. So this whole idea that, oh, no, we didn't give any money for any kind of -of gain-of-function research. Read your own websites. It's right there in black and white. And people are screenshotting it and putting it all over the Internet, you know. But they're they're counting on the fact that you're going to be dumb. That's all. They're counting on the fact that you're going to be dumb and that the politicians are going to be spineless. Hillary Clinton is still walking free, right? Bill Clinton is still walking free. The Obama administration, those officials who spied on the Trump campaign and concocted the Russia hoax, they're all still walking free. What does Fauci have to fear? As long as he's in the right cabal, nothing's going to happen to Fauci. At what point do the American people look at this whole situation and say, we cannot let this stand? We cannot ignore this. This is just too big and too totally evil. What, what went on here? It, it needs to be investigated. One more sputtering attempt by Dr. Fauci to get Senator Paul off his trail. This is cut seven. I fully agree that you should investigate where the virus came from. But again, we have not funded gain of function research on this virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, you're, no matter how parsing many times words, you're parsing you say words. it, there it was research. Happen. There was research done with Dr. Xi and Dr. Barrick. They have collaborated on gain-of-function research where they enhanced the SARS virus to infect human airway cells, and they did it by merging a new spike protein on it. That is gain-of-function. That was joint research between the Wuhan Institute and Dr. Barrick, you can't deny it. Okay, the other piece of the puzzle here, when he's talking about Fauci parsing, which he absolutely is, 
Uh, it depends on what the definition of is is. What, what's really going on here is he's saying we did not fund the, the research into this virus. Well, OK, that's an easy statement to make because the SARS-2 virus, we cannot confirm whether or not that definitively came from the Wuhan lab because the records of the bat lady have been sealed. So Fauci knows this. So he can make that kind of a statement. Prove it. I mean, it's basically daring somebody to knock the battery off his shoulder. Yeah. Well, prove it. Prove it, Senator Paul. He's feeling very cocky, isn't he? Now, I want to play one more cut. This is from a Washington Post columnist by the name of Josh Rogan. He had spoken with Megyn Kelly on her podcast about a month ago on this issue of Fauci and gain-of-function research, which Fauci is desperately trying to distance himself from. This is a very interesting clip. Listen to cut eight. This body of research, this gain-of-function research, the, the, the whole world of virologists, and I, I, I came to learn a lot about how this operates over the last year and a half, uh, you know, it's very insular, okay? And I often talk to scientists who say the same thing. They say, listen, we really want to speak out about this, but we can't do it. Why can't we do it? Well, we get all of our funding from NIH or NIAD, which is the National Association for Infectious Diseases, which is run by Dr. Fauci for years and years and years. And so we can't say anything like, oh, gain of function research might be dangerous or it might have come from the lab because we're, we're going to lose our, our careers. We're going to lose our funding. We're not going to be able to do the work. So there's this, you know, people like to say, oh, the scientists all think this, but there's a whole bunch of science. more and more are coming out, actually. And you see them every day. And Redfield's uh, uh, sort of signal was like, this is OK to do. You can say this, and, you know, but but still they get attacked for being racist or whatever. Or they might lose their funding. And the head of that pyramid, the head of the funding, the head of the entire field really is Anthony Fauci. He's the godfather of gain of function research as we know it. Now, that again, just what I said there is like too hot for, you know, TV because people don't want to think about the fact that our hero of the pandemic, Dr. Fauci, might also have been connected to this research, which might also have been connected to the outbreak. Think about that for a moment. Think about the weight of that statement. He was the godfather of gain of function research as he sits in his seat there in the annals of government acting like gain of research function. I'm not into that. We don't fund that kind of thing. We don't have any involvement as I parse my words. This is huge. This is huge, folks. This is why I have taken the time to outline this for you, because I recognize that a lot of people are very busy and they're not going to sit down and read long, 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 long articles on, you know, science writers outlining the origins of COVID and get lost in things about proteins and genomes. And, you know, the eyes glaze over and you're like, I don't have time for this. I'm reading too much as it is. Pay attention to this. Pay attention to this story, because if you want to figure out What is going on here? Put all the pieces together. As Nicholas Wade points out, the U.S. government shares a strange common interest with the Chinese authorities. Neither is keen on drawing attention to the fact that Dr. Xi's coronavirus work was funded by the U.S. National Institutes of Health. One can imagine the behind the scenes conversation in which the Chinese government says, if this research was so dangerous, why did you fund it? And on our territory, too. To which the U.S. side might reply, looks like it was you who let it escape. Do we we really need to have this discussion in public? Think about that. And think about all of the stuff that was revealed about the Biden family and China before this election took place. And ask yourself, what's in the best interests of these people to keep the truth from us? 
Are we talking about the supply chain? Are we talking about the threats from the Chinese government? Are we talking about information they have on certain politicians that they don't want really? Who knows? But somebody better get to the bottom of it. It can't just be Senator Rand Paul. Like I said before, God bless him for doing what he's doing. But we need a full-blown investigation. And Collins and Fauci need to be held accountable. And they need to be fired if all of this checks out. But nobody is going to pursue it unless the people demand it. And we better demand it because millions of people lost their lives around the world because of this virus. Because of what went on in that lab, the SARS-2 virus which many people say very well could have come from that lab because there's no evidence of natural emergence. Thanks so much for being with us. We appreciate your tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless you.